Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem will be learning Daf Samechei in Maseches Kiddushin. Bezat Hashem, our learning should be Leil Nishmas of Chaim Zev Milenowitz and um, all those who unfortunately, tragically lost their lives, and for Schos Libadl Chaim Tovim Ruchim, for all Achin and Kol Beis Yisrael wherever they may be. Three lines up from the bottom of Samech Talad on Beis Amar Abaye. We were talking about what does the person mean, what does a father mean when he says, I was Mekadish, my older daughter to you. So, there was a machlokas between Meir and Biosi. Is the person precise or not when it comes to these kinds of uh, when it comes to, to these kinds of situations? So let's say you have two uh, sets of daughters and you mean my eldest. So, Meir is going to say, people are imprecise. So, when they are imprecise, they when they say their elder daughter, they may not mean their eldest. They might mean either any of the girls from the older group of girls, right? A person, let's say, was married and, and then married again subsequently. So the old, the first group of girls, any of those daughters, or any of the older daughters from the second group of girls, okay? Where, as Rebiosi is going to say, well, if he says the oldest, maybe we should just take the one that is the most precise and makes sense and use the oldest girl only from the older group. To which Amar Abaye, at this point, he says, Machlokas Banos. This Machlokas this should only make sense if there are, in fact, two groups of girls, as we said, right? A first marriage and a second marriage. But if, let's say, a person is married only once, and let's say he only has three daughters, right? So when he says the oldest daughter, he must mean the oldest daughter, like the the gedola. He must mean the oldest daughter. When he says a katan, he must mean the youngest daughter. And and anyone else, if it was the middle daughter, he wouldn't say, you know, I was talking to my middle daughter last night. He would say, I was talking to Sprinza. He would actually call her by name, right? So again, this is kind of a a chlokes Barry about how do people talk, right? In other words, we're making assumptions on how people are expressing themselves. This isn't like. Uh, halacha and how people are supposed to express themselves, but it's an assumption of what someone means when they say certain things. To which, Amalei Ravada Bar Masla Abaye, Ravada Bar Masla explains to Abaye El Me'ata, if that's the case, as we arrived at Samachayim Adalf, Emtsayis Shebechaz Shniya Tishtari. Well, if what you're saying is that eldest and youngest, right, should always mean that, uh, should always mean only the oldest or the youngest and not the middle, so then maybe in the case that we said before, in our Mishnah, where there's two sets of daughters, right, that Rameyer says that we are, in fact, uh, always going to assume that people are imprecise, right? And because of that, if a person says, let's say my eldest daughter, he's going to say that that could pose a problem because all the daughters, except for the very youngest daughter of the second group, are going to have to get a get, right? Because it, we don't know which one he meant. Maybe if it's true, that a middle daughter is never referred to as an as a middle daughter, but is referred to by name. So why would you say that in, in that in this that all the daughters except for the very youngest daughter, according to your mayor, that's what our mission in fact says, right? That all the daughters except for the youngest daughter are are, are have to be assumed to have been Mikudeshas. Maybe that's not so, right? Maybe you could say that in the second group. There's a middle daughter, right? Let's say it's two groups of three daughters. In the second group, there's a middle daughter. And she's certainly not the one that's referred to uh, when he says, my oldest daughter, 
because she's a middle daughter and she would refer to her by name. In other words, why would it matter whether there's one set of daughters or two sets of daughters? If you're going to say that a middle daughter is always referred to by name, so then by saying the oldest daughter, it's true, he may be referring to any of the daughters in the older group, and, and maybe he's referring to, right, and he's certainly not referring to the youngest daughter in the youngest group, but you would have to assume he's also not referring to the middle daughter in the youngest group because he would have referred to her by name. That's what he asks Abayah. Wow. Our Mishnah must not be talking about the case that we thought it was talking about, which is, let's say, right, like the Brady Bunch with an older set of three and a younger set of three, but rather just two and two, right? An older set and a younger set of two. And it is for that reason that we'd say that only the youngest one but in other words, we're going to agree that if it had been three and three, then maybe in fact, we would say that the middle daughter in the youngest group would have been referred to by name. But here there was no middle daughter of the youngest group. It was just two daughters in each cot, right? In each set. And and the Gemara doubles down, say that that actually makes sense. The Imisa, the Ika, because if in fact there was a middle daughter in the second group, um, then Lisnaye. The Mishnah would have actually mentioned that explicitly because the Mishnah would have had to say what the halacha was by the middle daughter in the youngest group. And since the Mishnah never even addressed what the halacha would be by the middle daughter, it's not the best, most compelling um, uh, raya here, right? Not the most compelling proof. But the, but the Gemara at this point thinks that the case of the middle daughter is so... Uh, is so ambiguous that it needs to be addressed by the mission. And the fact that the mission didn't address it seems to imply that there was no middle daughter. Okay. However, the Gemara says, Says the Gemara, well, according to your reasoning, now you're, now you're following a, a, a string of logic that says that something needs to be said of the middle daughter. Um, well, if that's the case, so then what... Why is nothing said of the middle daughter in the first group, right? There, she, if she existed, certainly she would be a suffix, right? And would be prohibited to marry anybody else, right? And still, the Mishnah does not mention her, right? So maybe you would say that the same would apply for the middle group. In other words, <laughs> for the second group. The middle daughter in the second group, in other words. The middle daughter seems to be ignored. There's a middle child syndrome going on here. She seems to be ignored entirely in the Mishnah, right? So the question is, we see that the Mishnah doesn't address her neither in the first group nor in the second group. In the first group, there certainly is a suffix and they should have mentioned her and they didn't. So maybe the same reason why they didn't mention the middle daughter in the first group is the same reason why they didn't mention the middle daughter in the second group. And therefore, and, and therefore the absence of the middle daughter, right, being mentioned in the second group is not necessarily to teach you uh, anything specific, says the Gemara. Hash, hachi, ashta. What, you're going to com- compare the first group to the second group? Hasam, in the first group of daughters, Tana Katani Didali Sura. The Tana is going to mention the youngest daughter to teach you that she's prohibited, right? Because don't forget, when he says my oldest daughter, we already said people have a, the, the father has a tendency to refer to every, anyone of his daughters, except for maybe his very youngest. And that would mean that anybody in the whole first group of daughters is, he might be referring to, even the youngest of them is going to be usser, right? In other words, he says, my old elder daughter, right? Again, there's two sets of daughters in this particular case in our Mishnah. He had two, two, mar- two marriages 
And so when he says my elder daughter, he could mean any one of his first eldest group of daughters, even the youngest one. So wait a minute. Tana ketana didali yisura. So even the youngest one in the first group is going to be usur. And the same would obviously in that case apply to the daughter that is older than her, which is to say, in the case of the first group of daughters, certainly the middle daughter is going to be usur. Right is going to be implicated when he says that she was mikudesh, and therefore she's going to require a get. Because after all, Andrew, it stands to reason that if the youngest daughter of that group is going to need a get, then certainly her older sister will need a get. That goes without saying. And it is for that reason that she, the middle daughter is not mentioned in that group. Right. In other words, the omission of the middle daughter in the first group does not indicate anything because it's obvious in that case that the middle daughter is Usher because her younger sister is Usher. However, Hacha, but in the second group, now, already, we're getting a little bit more uh, ambiguous because of the second group. He may not have meant the middle daughter of the second group when he said my oldest daughter. And therefore, Isa de Ika Nisnaya. And therefore, if there was really what a, was a middle daughter in that group, then the Mishnah would have already mentioned it. Oh, okay. So now, this is Abaye's contention, right? So Abaye wants to say again that if there had only been one group, the middle daughter would have been Pater, and we try to reconcile him, right, with the Mishnah that actually doesn't mention the middle daughter, right, being Pater. So the first thing we said was that maybe there was no middle daughter. Okay. Now we're saying, Amalei Ravuna, Brader of Shula Rava, right, HaPesach Dechi Kast Echaz Dami. Now, right, he's going to say to Rava, the following, and this is going to kind of uh, challenge Abaye as well. And the idea is like this. We mentioned before that the machlokas between Rameir and Rabiosi uh, was also found, right, in the cases of Nadarim, right, where you a person says, I'm not going to have enough from you until Ki Pesach. And we didn't really know Pesach, Dechi, uh, right, and we didn't know, right, what the halacha, uh, well, there was a machlokas there, what the halacha would be. Does it mean until after Pesach or until Pesach comes? It's a little bit ambiguous. Or mayor who says that, and we said it was muchlefes hashita, or mayor who says that a uh, person is not necessarily precise, he probably meant, you have to be machmir, that he meant till all the way till the end of Pesach. As opposed to Rabiosi, he meant until Pesach comes because he's more precise. Be that as it may, says Ravuna to, to bury the Rashi to the Rava, that that parallel case in the Darim is similar to a case of one group of daughters, right? Because after all, there is no second Pesach. I mean, there is Pesach Sheni, but you know what I mean. That's, that's certainly not what he meant, right? There is no second group. There's only one group, right? There's only one subject of Pesach, Upligi. And still there we have, find that there's Machlokas, Meir, and Rabiosi. And therefore, this is an interesting idea. In other words, Barry, we're saying that there's a parallel case in Adarim to our Mishnah. Our Mishnah has two cases. And Abaye wants to say that if there, our Mishnah has two groups of daughters. And Abaye say, wants to say that if there was one group of daughters, that the middle daughter, in fact, wouldn't be besafek. Says, right, Rav Huna, well, the case of Pesach, there's no second group of daughters. And we still see that it's the same machlokas. We don't say that there's a middle case that's, that, that, that needs to be mentioned by name. And so our Mishnah seems to contradict Abaye's contention that when you have only one group of daughters, there becomes a different math, right? Because our Mishnah is saying that the case where there's only 
one issue, which is which part of Pesach are we talking about, has the same exact math and the same exact machlokas between Rameyaz and Yossi as our Mishnah, which has two groups of daughters. So why is Abayah saying that if there's only one group of daughters, it would be a whole different machlokas? We see that in a case where there's only one topic, it's the same machlokas. Says the Gemara, Amarlai, Rav explains, Hasan Belishna Dalma Kamiflagi. He's saying it's really not the same machlokas. Uh, by, the, by saying this, according to um, the great Tafiyomi master, uh, Rabari Leibowitz points out that, you know, before, when, we, when faced with the machlokas, uh, we said that there was a discrepancy. In Nadarim, the, it seemed like the shitas between Rameh and Rebiosi were flipped, and we said, well, Nadarim, ha- we are going to have to switch that back. Mukhlef is a shita. Uh, according to what the Rava answers now, we're gonna, Rava's answer is more fundamental. He says that the two cases are actually very different and you maybe wouldn't need to say Mukhlef as Ashita because now we're saying a fundamental answer that the case on the Dharma is actually different than our Mishnah in the following way. What did he say? The case of until Pesach, it's a semantics question. It's not a question of one daughter, one set of daughters versus two set of daughters. What does a person usually mean uh, when it comes to a whole group of daughters? Is a person precise or imprecise? It's simply a question of Semantics, literally, like what does a person mean when he says ad pnei hapesach, right? So there, Marasavar says Rava ad pnei hapesach ad kamei pesach, right? So it means until before Pesach, right? That would be the shita of Rabbi Yossi. Umarasavar ad demipanei pesach. That means until Pesach has passed. What Rava is saying here is that that machlokas as to what ad pnei hapesach ad pnei hapesach means is a very local machlokas as to just simply what does that word mean? And it's not really a question of precision that you can then apply and say it would apply to the case of our Mishnah with, with daughters, but even though it looks and smells exactly the same uh, machlokas, so much so that our Gemara at a certain point thought that the parallel was complete, well, Rebbe says the parallel is not so necessarily. It just looks like it is. It's a coincidence. The whole thing, and therefore that's just a machlokas about what the terminology means over there in the Dharam, and therefore Rabbi Yosef and Mayor have their own separate machlokas about that, and it ha- bears no right, and you can't for, uh, ask a question uh, from there and on to our Mishnah uh, with machlokas Rabbi Yosef and, and Rabbi Meir here, and therefore the the fact that a baye statement right is that that it that is referring to only one cut does not uh, necessarily mean, right, um, does not necessarily mean that it, it has to fit, right, with the parallel case in Nadarim, because those are two very different machlokas. And so Rava, Barry, stands up to Abaya's assertion that our case would, in our mission would have been different if there was only one set of, right, one set of daughters. And with Rava standing up to Abaya's pshat after Abaya's hot streak, he is then Zohar to be right, correct in like 99.9% of the rest of their machloks in Shas. You see that? The Gavanowitz Musar moment. You stand up for what is right, even if you have your bar, bar plugged up. Here we go. Stand up for the Amis, Andrew, okay? Okay, so the Amis is we're moving on to the next Mishnah. Omer Isha Kidashtich. Fascinating case. This is going to be fun. This is going to wake you up. You ready? A man says to a woman, I was Makadashu. She said, no, you didn't. Okay. This is a fascinating little argument. He says, the Mishnah, who as Rashi says, there's one overarching principle in this Mishnah. See the Rashi down below? 
right? I love this bomb over here. A person is shavien nafsheh chatichalisura, right? The concept is he thinks he's married to this woman. Well, good for you. Yeshakoach. So if you think you're married to a woman, you're going to be also lakoravaseya, right? Because uh, you're going to have to take on all the inherent right restrictions therein, right? Uh, and therefore, from his perspective, if he thinks he's married and he's declaring that he's married, then he's not going to be able to, then her krovim, as we've learned in Masechah Yavamos and all the other Masechahs that we learned, her krovim going to be ushered to him as if he is married to her. However, yeah, just because he thinks he's married to her, that doesn't mean that she's married to him. For as far as she's concerned, she's not married to him at all. And it doesn't mean anything. What really is going on here, says Rashi, right, as, as we'll see, not, for, not Rashi yet, but wait a minute. What's really going on here is they're not married. After all, we're going to get into it. Are there Adem or not? So obviously there can't be, right? If there were Adem, and last night we were at the Casper wedding, Mazel Tov the Casper, Shabil Ba'as Nehmen Bisrael. So if there's Adem and everybody is there, so obviously there's no Mishnah, right? There's no discussion. Obviously they're married. Here, there's no Adem. Now it's just he said, she said. Quite literally, Barry. So if it's he said, she said, then really there is no marriage, right? We don't have a marriage here. Elamai, he's saying that they got married in the privacy of their own home. Now, the Gemara's going to ask, what do you mean you got married in the privacy of your home? Don't you need Adem for the Kiddushin to be Chal? How, how does the Kiddushin even work if there's no Adem? I mean, granted, he, even in a case where they both agreed that they were married, they show up to the rabbi and they say, we got married last night. There was nobody there. Are they even married if there's nobody there? The Gemara will ask, don't worry. But in the meantime... The, at the very least, let's assume there's no marriage, but the chassan is saying that there was. Well, at the very least, he is imposing upon himself the restriction of marriage, right? And he can't marry uh, her relatives, okay? Whereas she has no such restrictions because they're not really actually married, okay? The converse, she says, you married me, and he says, I don't remember you. So he is, of course, going to be, he's going to be able to marry Right, her relatives. But she again was Shavya Nafshe Khatikhali Sur on herself. Okay. Uh, fascinating case. He says, I married you, and she said, No, that was my daughter. So now she's conceding that there was a Kiddushin, but it was with his daughter. Who Usur Bikrova's Gedola. Gedola here is referring to the mother. He's Usur in the mother, because he thinks that's who he married. Ugdola Muteras Bikrovav. But the mother, she's allowed to marry his relatives because she never conceded that she married him. Fine. Uh, and then it says, who mutter bekrovas katana? Now, he thinks he married the mother. So as far as he's concerned, he is mutter to marry the krovas of the katana, right? Because he doesn't think he married the daughter and therefore he's mutter to the krovim <coughs> of the daughter, right? Assuming that they're not the krovim of the mother, right? He's also in the krovim of the mother, but there's a car of the daughter that's not a car of the mother, <coughs> then he is mutter to her. However, the younger daughter, right, who he thinks he married, no, I'm sorry, the younger daughter who the mother thinks he married, right, she's muteris bekrovov. In other words, the younger daughter comes home from school and she, mom says, I think you married this guy. She never, this is the first she's hearing of it. So she's mutter to everybody. Says Rashi, why? Because she ain't ima menes aleha. Right, the, just because the mother thinks she got married, she, she can make herself usher. The mother can make herself usher. But she can't make her daughter usher, 
right? Right? So, and, and Rashi points out that not only that, but there's no chashash and the daughter doesn't need get, right? She doesn't need nothing. It's garnish mit garnish for the daughter, right? So again, who's going to be usher? The only one who's going to be usher is the <coughs> guy is going to be usher in the krovim of the mother because he thinks he married the mother. But the mother who thinks she married the daughter, so she, it's not shavya nafshe chatich surah, right? In other words, the mother, if she thought that he married her, then she'd be usher. But the mother can't create an isra on behalf of her daughter, right? doesn't work that way. You can make yourself usher, but you can't make somebody else usher. That's the point. Not even your own daughter. So anyway, the following case in the Mishnah, now the guy says, I married your daughter. Ooh, you married me. Don't you remember me? So then who usher bikrovas katana? Right, we got into the whole discussion. We were learning this with uh, Yaakov and Rachel and Leah. It's like, I understand your tsanua, but maybe just like have a conversation. Like, you know, how do you get duped like that? Anyway, it's, so there's a whole, there's whole literature on this, Andrew. The simonim, maybe the simonim are a little bit more uh, than you think they are. Okay, anyway. So, so she says, what do you mean? You married me. So he's going to be usher in the Krovus of the Katana because he thought he married the daughter. Uh, the daughter has nothing to do with this, right? Uh, because she doesn't know anything about this. And so she's mutter to everyone. And who mutter bekrovas gedola? He obviously is mutter in the crevice of the mother because he thinks he married the daughter. Ugedola usher bekrovav, right? And the mother is usher in his crevum because she thinks he married the mother. Uh, the Gemara will ask, <coughs> why would you need this extra case? I mean, after all, you read through all the cases, it sounds like a little bit of a shtickle yavamas, but it's really not. It's just one principle, which is, if you think you got married, then you take on the restrictions of marriage. That's the only thing. But everyone else is mutter, because there's no real marriage here. So then, why do we need, you know, five different cases to illustrate that one very simple idea, that if you think you got married, you're usher, and every other case you're not. So let's see. Says the Gemara, Ha'omer le'isha kidashtich. Uh, right, so starting us off, right, a man says to the woman, I married you, and she says, you didn't, okay? The, the classic, he said, she said. Says the Gemara, Utsricha. Why do we need all four cases? Right, they're all teaching you the same thing. Says the Gemara, Because if you only, let's say, had the first case, right, where it's just he said, she said. He said, we got married. She said, I don't know who you are. Unbelievable idea. What's the deal with dudes, Andrew? Dudes have, as you know, you've been zochah to marry off uh, sons and daughters so far? Just daughters so far. Okay. So, but now your sons are entering, are they not? Entering Shidduchim? Yeah, the older ones. So, so Barry is only so far married off daughters. You have to understand, when you, and I've only married off sons. Okay, so when sons, it's just piles and piles of resumes, Barry. You have no idea. It's just piles of resumes, and you can be selective, and you can be cavalier, and you can say, oh, I married her, and you can, by the way, marry multiples in those days. So it's like, you have nothing to lose by playing fast and loose with the thing and say, yeah, I think I married that one, right? You can just say that, and it's like no skin in the game. It's like no, nothing really significant happened because it doesn't impact your shidduch resume, it doesn't impact your prospects of marriage, 
It doesn't have any impact on you at all. Okay, so you can't marry her, that girl's relatives. But the rest of the world is your oyster, right? You can marry anyone. You have the pile you, you, of, of resumes on your desk, right? That's what it means. Mishim degavalo ichbaslei. The guy doesn't care. He can be casual about saying I married her. Umikri Omar. He just happens to say it. It's not even really true. Unbelievable. He, he, can, he can just be more cavalier about it. About Ihi, the girl, Ema, right? I would say, he loved the Kimla Bidibur. If she wasn't sure, for sure, that she got married, Lo Havasamra, she would have never said it, right? Velitza Ir And then this man is going to be forbidden to marry her relatives because, so, because after all, she has to be a lot more careful, right? If she's really married, that's it. Her Shidduch prospects are, are really constricted. That window closes fast. So therefore, that's literally what the Gemara is saying, that you would, might have thought that you give much more credibility to a girl who says, I got married. And so much so that we consider it an objective truth. In other words, more credibility, Barry, here would mean that she would test the veracity of her statement so rigorously that if she says it, that even the man would have to, right, comply, right? Even the man would have to be also the court. It must be that it's 100% true. Kamash Malan, no. Kamash Malan, that, the, the, that even though um, she's much less likely right, as a woman, to claim that she was married, unless it was true, we're not going to impose her truth, right, on the dude, right, on the guy that she says she married. That's why we need all of those cases, okay. So now four lines down in the Gemara, uh, in the Gemara, right, why do we need this extra case, though? What's going on with the mother and the daughter? So it's, right, the mother-daughter case is to teach you the following. We know already, because we learned yesterday, that in the Torah we learn that a father, because he has the authority to marry off his daughter, that gains him the credibility. Remember when we said that? We kicked around the idea that maybe it's because it's biyado, maybe he has the ability to do it himself, and then we said at the end, that's not really the reason. The reason is it's simply exeris akasav. The Torah simply gave the father the right that he's always believed with regards to his daughter. So that's midera raisa. Says the Gemara, maybe midera baron him no Maybe as a derivative of that, you would say that the mothers believed me about the marriage of her daughter, and therefore maybe when the mother says my daughter got married, that we would believe that a mother has some authority to say so about her daughter. So the Gemara Kamash no. That the Shavi Nafshech applies even between a mother-daughter combo. A mother cannot answer her daughter. Okay. All right. So now why the fourth case? Why do we need that extra case? Right? So, right, we, a man says, I married your daughter, and she says, no, you married me. <laughs> she says, I did tanaha, tani namiha. Yeah, that case probably, we didn't need to teach an extra principle. That's already for symmetry. And once we had the, the mother saying, the daughter saying it about the mother, we'll have the mother saying it about the daughter. But that one really didn't teach us an extra thing. That was just for the symmetry of memorizing the Mishnah, as it were, a Tarsh Okay. So, Idmar. New idea uh, with regards to this uh, wild case. Rav Amar Kofin and Vakshin. An amazing machlokas Rav and Shmuel. When it comes to giving the get, okay, so we talked about cases where they claim to be married, right? And now uh, it's very uncomfortable because nobody really wants this wedding, didn't really totally happen, but we have some sort of shash. Somebody was shavin nafshechaticha deisura, right? Somebody made themselves also to their other relatives, and we want to really untangle this. We want to give a get. So, do we force a get, 
or do we ask nicely? Right? So Rav says, we force a get. Shmuel Amar, we ask nicely. Ahai, wait a minute. What was, be, what, what was this machlokas about? Wants the, the Gemara wants to know. Which case is this? Ma'arisha, if you're going to say it's the first case when it's like he said, she said, the man says he's married and the woman says no. So wait a minute. In that case, you would neither force nor even request a get because after all, you don't need a get at all. Again, he says he's married. The woman says she's not. Well, she denies ever being married. And therefore, she doesn't need a get, right? We, we, we treat her as if it's garnished. And for him, really, there's no real consequences. So why are we going to force a get? Like, we don't need a get from you. As long as the woman, see, and we're seeing this again, this is not an equal, equality thing. We want to make sure that the woman can get remarried, that her shidduch prospects aren't compromised. In this case, her shidduch prospects are not compromised at all. He said they're married. She said they're not. We believe her, no get required. So, so that's good enough, right? So that can't be the case where we say that there's a machlokas Rabbi Shmuel, whether we force a get or ask nicely. Rather, a seifa, right? Um, <coughs> the seifa of the Mishnah is where the woman claims she's married. Well, there, there's the machlokas. How so? Says the Gemara. Bishlam and Vakshin. In this case, it's understandable why we would ask for a get. Why? Lechaye. It would be very reasonable to ask for this, right? Because we're asking. Please give her a get so she can move on with her life. She was somehow You don't think the marriage is anything? Well, she's constricted now, so please give her a get. But it's okay, so we can ask nicely to give her a get because she can't mar- get married to someone else without a divorce. But why are we forcing? So Amar, so it really, if he doesn't want to, to give her a get. So again, she's claiming that she's married. Well, if he doesn't want to give her a get, then maybe he's like, so, 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 Maybe, as far as he's concerned, he's okay with this union. So, Amar, lo nichali de itzer bikriva. And if he does not want to give a get, then he says, listen, okay, I don't, I don't want to be, right, I don't want to be forbidden to her relatives. What's the issue? Like this. In other words, why are we going to force him to give a get? After all, when a man gives a woman a get, he's now forbidden to her relatives, right? You're not allowed to give a woman a get and then marry her sister or give a woman a get, right, and, and then marry her relatives. So if that's the case, right, that, that would be unfair to the man. In other words, according to the man, that there was never a marriage, right? She says, the woman says that they're married. The man says they're not married. Well, why are we going to force him to give a get? By giving a get, he now ossers, right, her relatives. Maybe he wants to marry her relatives, and he never thought there was a marriage in the first place. So, so again, in the case where the woman says that she was never, never married, we, we are very much understanding that that can't possibly be that we're forcing a get there because in that case, we know that her shidduch prospects are not compromised, are, are compromised, and we would never do that. So, of course, you don't need a get in that case. But in the case where the man's shidduch prospects are somewhat limited because he can no longer mm-hmm. marry relatives, why would we force him to give a get in that case? Says the Gemara, Yeah, that's a really good question. We, it wouldn't make sense for us to force him to give a get, for Rav to say that we force him to give a get, and therefore the whole machlokas of Kofin versus Mivakshin, the whole machlokas of Rav and Shmuel, must be referring to a totally different case as follows. They're saying a similar thing, and they're trying, they're not really a machlokas at all of Kofin versus Mivakshin, 
It's really one is explaining the other, as Rashi explains. Right, that we're actually just having uh, Rav and Shmuel in concert here, trying to explain a point. What's the point? The point is as follows. Shmuel says we ask the man nicely to give a get, even though again it compromises a little bit his shidduch prospects with regards to it constricts him to that family. And says Rav, Amarav, you mustn't get me'atzmo, kofanus at least in ksuba. Yeah. In other words, we don't force him to give a get. That's a good point. We would never force him to do that because if he wants to, like, continue to marry within this family, that's fine. But if he's already giving the get, then kofanus at least in ksuba. Then we're actually going to force him to give her the ksuba payment as well. Because after all, it does say in ksuba, Andrew, that upon death or divorce, he's going to pay the ksuba. So, if he's giving her a get, it's got to be a real get with a super payment and everything. That's the kofinoso that the rab is referring to. And that, in fact, is corroborated by a uh, statement of, of, uh, of Amaraim Itmanami. Right, they said, we both forced the man in request. What does that mean? Tartu? What? Kofin and Mivakshim? Isn't that a stira? Says the Gemara. Yeah, hachikamar mivakshim imenolitan get. We ask him to give a get, as Shmuel said. Vim nasan meatsman. Once he's giving a get, kofanosolitan ksuba. Then we are going to force him to give the ksuba payment, as Rav had said, and that corroborates what we're saying here about what Rav and Shmuel means. Once you're giving the get, we're not going to force you to give a get. Once you're giving a get, you have to give the ksuba as well. Okay, so now fourteen lines up from the bottom. Amar of Yehuda, a new idea. You ready for a new idea, Andrew? Good. Hamakadish be'edechad. So. It's actually related, because this is what we were talking about before. How is the Kiddushan altogether? A person's Mekadesh with one aid. Choshishin Likidushav. Rabbi Huda's making, oh, I'm sorry, I'm a Rabbi Huda, ain Choshishin Likidushav. Barry always picks out the, the words that if I miss a, a, an inconsequential word, he'll let it go, because it's like laning, you know, if, you, if the uh, syntax isn't exactly right, as long as you get the point. But this one, I, I missed a very important word, ain. So Rabbi Huda says like this, if you're Mekadesh be'ain echad, ain Choshishin Likidushav. It's not a kiddushin at all, right? Nobody's married. Okay, so they asked Rabbi Yehuda, Yehuda, modin mai. So this is exactly the case we were talking about before. What would you say if the two of them show up and they say, we got married last night in Vegas, okay? There was no Adam, there was no anything, okay? But they're both moda, right? So would you say that the kiddushin, that there was kiddushin or not without Adam? There's a, there's a yeshivish way to say this, by the way, Andrew. The yeshivish way to say this, and it's going to come up, so I may as well say it now, that whether the Edom are Lekiyam Adavar or Lebir Adavar, you ever hear this, uh, Barry? In other words, when you have Edom and a Chasana, is it to testify that the Chasana, that the Kiddushan actually happened? Or would you say, no, there's something formal called Kiddushan, and without Edom as part of that ceremony and procedure, there is no Kiddushan, which would you say? Okay, so that's really essentially the question here, right? You have no Adim, but everybody agrees that it happened, right? Nobody's disagreeing. He said and she said the same thing. So then w- shouldn't there be Kiddushans? So it says the Gemara, in Velova Ra- What? question is, there is one Adim. You said there are no Adim. <clears throat> right, no right. We'll see as the Gemara plays out, what Barry points out very astutely, that none of this would happen with no Adim at all. You must have at least one aid. The Gemara is going to actually bring that up. That there must be at least one aid that you have to have in order to have a key uh, you know, At least one aid. Everybody would agree that there has to be at least one aid. And we'll see that in the Gemara, right? But just to like sort of exaggerate the point, 
uh, we're, the way we're saying it is, do you need Edim if everybody agrees that the marriage, meaning both the Chassan and Kala agree that the marriage took place, do you need Edim in order to say that the marriage happened? So, the Gemara gives an amazing response to this question. Rabbi again, w- was saying, because again, the, Rabbi Yudha said that if there's only one aid, ain't choshesh in the Kiddushav, right? So, the initial question of Rabbi Yehuda was, what do you say is the halacha with there's one aid? And he said, one aid is not enough. So then that was the question they asked of Rabbi Yehuda. They said, if there's only one aid and both of them agree, is that in fact enough, right? So says the Gemara, in velo verafi day. Rabbi Yehuda was what? Wishy-washy about this. He sometimes said yes, he sometimes said no. He wasn't really sure. He didn't really, he wasn't really able to get a firm grasp on this, on this idea of what would be the halacha. In other words, he thought that there was no condition if there was just one aid. But that is when there, you know, when he was reading our Mishnah and you're talking about cases of maybe a he said, she said, and there was a dispute. So one aid certainly wouldn't be enough. But what if there was one aid and there was what? There was total agreement between Chassan and Kala that there was a marriage. Rabbi Yudha didn't really know what to do with that case. Uh, so says the Gemara, Itmar, some people were more definitive about this than Rabbi Yudha. Namely, Amar of Nachman, Amar Shmuel, Makadish Bey, Dechad, Ein Chosh, and the Kedusha, Vafilish, Nein Modim. Right? So, if Nachman quoted Shmuel as saying that in that case, where Rabbi Yehuda was not so clear, there was sure enough full clarity that they applied this idea of Rabbi Yehuda that there's no Kedusha with one aid, even if both the Chas and Kaila full throatedly say that there was, in fact, a marriage of the night before, there was no such marriage, you need more than one aid. So now, Esri, Rav, Lav, Rav Nachman. So, Rav is going to ask Rav Nachman as follows. He's going to ask from our Mishnah. Fascinating question from our Mishnah. We're going to have uh, several challenges. Again, what is, the, what is the contention of Nachman? That if you only have one aid, then even if both Hassan and Kala agree that they were married, then there's going to be no wedding, no Kiddushin. So, let's look at our Mishnah, says Rava. We have a case of the he said, she said, the first case of our Mishnah. Who also requires they have a Himoteras Bukhravav? Huh. Right? We had a Shabi Nafshe Chatikha Leisura. He's Usher to her Krovim, and she's Mutter. Says Rava, Ida Ika Edim, Amai Muteras Bekrovav. Wait a minute. What's the case in our Mishnah? Were there Edim in our Mishnah or not? Well, <laughs> if there were Edim in our Mishnah, so then how is she be Muteras? If they're both coming back from the new venue, the Marriott, Owings Mills, and there are 150, 350 people there, so then how is she going to say we didn't get married last night? We were all there. Of course you got married last night. So that can't be the case. LMI. Be the Lake Adim. Okay, so let's say they got married in Vegas and there were no Adim. Am I also Bekorovaseo? So then even though he's Shav enough Shechatich Lisura, how is he going to be also Bekorovim? After all, Andrew, if there's no Kiddushin in the absence of Adim, so then why would he be also at all? Right? It's a technicality. There is no Kiddushin. It's a very good question. And indeed, it actually is very relevant to our Mishnah. Our Mishnah has these cases of he said, she said, and we said a person who's Shavinaf Shechaticha de Isura asers the asers um, the Krovim on himself. How's he asers the Krovim? How's their condition here altogether? There were no Edim here. Okay? Says the Gemara, El Alav Eidachad. Has to be there. Our Mishnah has to be talking about a case where, not that there were two Edim, because then there would be no case, and not that there were no Edim, because then there would be no marriage by any means, but our Mishnah must be referring to a case where there's a single aid. And it must be that a single aid does in fact create enough of a Kiddushin that you be also be Krovaseah. Well, that is in direct contradiction of Rav Nachman. Because Rav Nachman said that there is some significance 
that there's no significance rather to a single aid, that there's no wedding until there's two aid. Okay, so now what's Rav Nachman going to do with our Mishnah, which it seems to be a case of one aid? Says the Rav Nachman, Hachamai skin, Gonda Amalai. In our Mishnah, we're talking about a case where he says, Kidashtich Bifnei Ploni, Ploni, Valchal and Medina Sayam. Yeah, you have to read it into our Mishnah as follows. There's a he said, she said about whether they got married. And in that he said, he, she said, embedded in that argument, the man simply said, yeah, we had a full on, uh, I, yes, it was a little bit of a ad hoc Vegas wedding, but there was a full set of Adam there, but go know where they are now. I don't know where the Adam are now. They were these strangers, but they were, you know, legit Adam. And it is in that case that there was a legitimate marriage, according to him. In other words, according to the man, there was a full marriage with all the fixings and all the Adam and everything. And according to her, there never was such an event. But the machlokas itself involves whether they were Adam. It has nothing to do with a case of Eidechad. Okay, so that, so Rav Nachman's idea that Eidechad doesn't work can, can still survive our Mishnah. However, says the Gemara, Eisve, a second challenge from Gittin Pei Aleph. A Megarish is each of Alani Fascinating case. Person is Megarish, his wife, and then afterwards they're found in a Motel 6 together. So it sounds like they certainly were together. There was a Machlokas, you might recall, in the Mishnah Gittin, whether you need another get. In other words, Bechamai assumes there was another, that they were together in the Motel 6 and the Kiddushin happened. I'm sorry, the opposite. Bechamai says that, that even though they were together in the Motel 6, you don't need another get. There's, presumably there's no Kiddushin there. Whereas Basil says that no, that you need a uh, get again. In other words, even though you already gave her a get, now they, for whatever reason, decided to reconcile. And so therefore now they're going to need to get again. Says the Gemara, hey, Chidami, wait, wait a minute. Who was in that hotel? If there were actual Edim and, and, and they got married there, why would Bechamai say that you don't need another get. It sounds like there was a, like an ad hoc wedding ceremony there. So of course he needs another get. And if there were no witnesses, then why Basila say that she does need another get? After all, wouldn't you say that you need witnesses in order to have Kiddushin? So again, a similar to our Mishnah, but here it sounds like it's again connective of Nachman, right? That it must be that in the Mishnah in Gitin, there was an Eid Echad, which is enough to create a, some sort of Kiddushin. And therefore, it is a contradiction to Rav Nachman who says that an Eid Echad is not enough. Right? So again, it's one of these cases where if there's two Eidim, there would be no Machlokas. And if there's no Eidim, there would be no Machlokas. So it must be that there's a single Eid and a single Eid does something. Well, Rav Nachman holds that a single Eid does nothing. And that Mishnah in Gittin seems to contradict that. Says the Gemara, however, Well, according to your reason, you have to look at the Hemshech of that Mishnah. The continuation Gittin says the following, That this whole Machlokas Bechama Bechilel, right, only applies to where the Gerushin happened from a Nisun. In other words, there's a full-on Gerushin and then Nisun. I'm sorry, a full-on Kiddushin and then Nisun and then Gerushin. And then there's a machlokas, because why Libo Gaspa? One they're, once they're already familiar with each other, there's a machlokas. What happened when they were traveling on the road after the Gershon? What did was he with her or not? So, but the machlokas is only if there's already been Nisuin. If there had only been Kiddushin until then, then we are, don't have a machlokas. Then we're assuming that they didn't get together again because ain't Libo Gaspa. And Basila would agree with Bechama that you don't need another get, right? Says the Gemara Mipnesha, ain't Libo Gaspa. In the case of Kiddushin, there is no uh, assumption, even Basil would agree that there was no, right, second reconciliation with Kiddushin because he's not yet, right, accustomed to being with her. Says the Gemara, but if this whole idea, if you're going to say that that case is a case where there was an Eid Echad, so Mali, 
min ha'eris and mali min ha'nesuin. In other words, if there was an Eid Echa, then he saw whatever he saw. And it wouldn't matter whether Libo Gaspar or not. Whatever the Eid saw, that's going to be what we're assuming that they were in fact together and Basil would still, right, not agree, right, it would, for Basil who says that you need another get, it wouldn't matter whether previously she had gone through Nisun or not. After all, they're together now and therefore Basil would agree in the case of Eidecha that she does need a get. Elochav Ma'eskinah, so why was Basil, uh, what would be the actual case in Gittin? Was there an aid or not? Well, Pashtus is, the thing that makes the most sense in the case in Gittin, is that, in fact, they saw them going into the Yichud room, so to speak, in the Motel 6. But they didn't see the actual Kiddushin, Bia, whereas the Machlokas, Becham, Becham, simply as follows. Becham, Esavri, Lomrin, and Hain, Hain, Eide, Yichud, Hain, Hain, Eide, Bia. As we turn to Samachayam and Bez, at the pretty much hopeless time of 6.14 a.m., where Becham says, just because they saw them going into the Motel, doesn't mean that they were that they actually cohabited. Obviously, that's the machlokas bechan In other words, the machlokas is when you see them going in. Does that tantamount to witnessing that they were in fact together? So according to bechamai, right? You don't you don't assume that. According to bechilal, you sure do assume that. And therefore, according to bechilal, those two witnesses again, this has nothing to do with Eid and thus has nothing to do with Nachman. It's simply a question whether, when you have two witnesses who, who uh, observe Yichud, is that uh, tantamount to observing Kiddushin, right? Well, Basil would say only if there was Nisuin prior. In other words, if there was Nisuin prior, now, now the whole Libo Gaspa makes sense, right? If there was Nisuin prior, so then they're used to each other, and if they're going into a motel, you better believe that there was uh, Bias Kiddushin. <coughs> As opposed to if they had only Mekudish beforehand, Basil would say, I'll, in that case, I'm conceding to Beit and I'm willing to agree that unless there's Eidei itself, that these Eidei Yichud are not enough to consider her Mekudeshes, okay? So now the Gemara just simply is going to spell that out. Right? That there... Zillah would agree to Beit Shammai that if the Gerishin was initially not from Nisuin, but just from Kiddushin and Erosin, so then you're not going to make any assumptions when you see the Eide Yichud. Because, in fact, he's not comfortable enough. Um, and so just because they're together doesn't mean that they actually uh, consummated in Kiddushin. Now, okay, so now we say like this. There, there are going to be some Amoraim who are going to agree with this idea. They're agreeing with Rav Nachman. We're bringing back support now for Rav Nachman that, that a person who is Mekash Bein Echad is garnished, right? Even in a case where what? Both the Chos and Kala say we got married. If all you had was one aid, not enough. Right? So he's quoting the great Bezdin. Saying there's no chashash for kiddushin, man beidin rabba, and who's that great bezin? Rav, right? That's Rav was the big dayan. Ve'ikad amri amar rabba baruna amar rabba makash beidechad beidin rabba amri. Again, another support that says that the beidin rabbi ain't choshin the kiddushav. Again, the whole idea of Nachman that with only an eid echad there is no kiddushin, even if right the chasan kala both agree that they were married. You need two edim, man beidin rabba rebbe, right? Who's the great court? In that case, not Rav, but Rebbe. Be that as may, great, great giants agreed with Nachman and this idea that an Eidachad is not enough. Okay? Now the Gemara says, A wild case. Let's say two men came from overseas. And so it starts like the beginning of a, of a joke. You got two men, a woman, and a package. Okay? And everyone has a different narrative. 
So again, two men, a woman, and a package. So one of the two men says, Hi, I'm Frank. This is my wife. This is my Eved. And this is my package. Okay, and the other guy says, Hi, I'm Hank. This is my wife. This is my Eved. And this is my package. Okay, and the woman has her own idea. She says, I'm Francine. These two nudniks are my slaves. And it's my package. So what are you going to say about this woman? You have two men who claim that they're, they're married to her. So says the, right, Brysa, she needs to get, uh, get from each one of them in order to, if she wants to get remarried. And as Rashi explains, right, right, she's, this is, uh, uh, and, then, and then again, it depends how much the ksuba is, but the, the, um, the leftover from the ksuba is going to be in abeyance. But the point is like this. If they're both, in fact, going to claim that, what's the Mimon of Shach? Mimon of Shach is like this. She's saying to each guy, you're saying that I'm your wife? Well, get, give me a get, and if I'm indeed your wife, you have to give me a ksuba. And either way, the ksuba is going to come from this package. So says the Gemara, hey, chidami, sadi lahai. So now we're going to take this whole bride, and we're going to say, were there witnesses? If there are witnesses to support the claim, sadi lahai, and there are witnesses to support the claim of each man. Would this woman ever be so bold as to say that these are my slaves if you have witnesses? Says Wow. Aren't we talking about a case with a single aid to support the claim? And therefore, from the fact that a woman is going to require a get, can't we infer opposite of Nachman that a single witness that says Kiddushan took place that the woman does in fact get a get? Says the Gemara. So now we're going to um, resume here, right? Um, about two-thirds of the way down, we're going to say, is that really the halacha, that an Eid Echad is going to actually establish credibility when two Eidim are in fact contradicting, um, and where each Eid is contradicting each one? That may not work. And therefore, we're going to resume tomorrow. We suggest a different way of understanding that Brisa on Samachayon Beis.